0: All right, welcome back to the next episode of With Our Powers Combined, where we highlight entrepreneurs, businesses, and entities that are part of the sustainability ecosystem here in San Antonio, Texas and the surrounding community. And today we are joined by Brian Martin from Bronco Bikes, and he's also with Bike San Antonio. And Brian, it's glad to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me, Chris. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, and, thank you. I'm excited to have
0: you. And the theme of today's episode really is focusing on electric bicycles, and then also just bicycle infrastructure and community here in San Antonio, and Brian, I know you are an avid advocate for electric bicycles and alternative transportation, when and where did that passion come from, how did you, did you get here today?
1: Well today I rode a 30 mile per hour electric bike down Broadway, about an 8 mile stretch, So. That's how I physically got here today. But um, as far as my passion for bikes, it, I guess started at an early age. I got my first Huffy bike around 5, 10, you know, 5 to 5. It was either you know, Christmas of when I was like 6, I think. I got my first real bike. And I think some people just crave a saddle, you know. And uh, Bronco Bikes was born in my garage in Austin in 2012. Um, Right before I had my kiddo, my wife and I decided, or found out we were, gonna, were expecting, and I had a pretty loud motorcycle at the time, and uh, I've been wanting to build uh, electric bikes since college. Graduated in 2008 from Texas Tech University with a degree in sculpture, and at college I decided that motorcycles and bicycles were some of the purest forms of kinetic sculpture because it has light, sound, and movement, and it physically transports you to another location, so... Um, it's a metaphysical thing I think. Uh, Some people need the comfort of a coach, the safety of a coach, you know, and that's fine too. But yeah, so I guess I've just always been a lifelong cyclist and we grew up really in the country so it took 30 minutes to get anywhere so biking places was not practical. You had to get a car and just when I moved to, co- moved to college, I started, I basically ditched the car and just learned how to get everywhere on a bike and just kept biking as an adult. And the electric bike thing happened because I uh, did a little bit of research when I was in school. This was like 2005 to 2007. is when I started becoming aware of electric vehicles. And it just started making sense to me. I saw Who Killed the Electric Car and a couple other documentaries. And uh, yeah, so yeah, like I said, uh, my wife and I were expecting. I had a motorcycle at the time. Where I started was going to be where the nursery was. It was going to be too loud. And I said, you know what? I need to sell this bike and build two e-bikes. So I built the first electric bike for my wife. And uh, she rode that until she was eight months pregnant. And then I built my first electric bike and started using that to get to work. And the rest of the day is history, yeah.
2: And to that history, can you tell us a little bit about your bike that's sitting here today? Because you did ride in on a bike, and this is an impressive-looking <laughs> bike over here. And I want to know a little bit more about it, like how it's operating. And... Sure.
1: So electric vehicles and electric bikes are, you know, in general, are the same thing. They have a motor, they have a battery, and they have a control unit. On, on e-bikes, the battery is usually mounted in the down tube or mounted. This, this is what you're looking at Here is a kit. Yes. So I sell electric bike kits and do professional installs. That's my um, service I'm trying to provide for the community. But I'm basically building a market that doesn't exist. So, uh, but this particular bike can go up to thirty miles an hour if you wanted to. The uh, motor replaces the cranks and pedals. There's uh, more sophisticated e-bikes. There's simpler e-bikes. Uh, a lot of the ones simpler, cheaper ones have what's called a hub motor. Yes. And the motor's in the hub of the wheel, which is either in the front or the rear. Sometimes they have t- two motors. Hmm. Um, the e bikes that you can rent from B cycles have a Bosch mid drive system, which is a very fancy, expensive uh, kit. That's not I means a a motor that doesn't, you can't it's not a kit that you can go and buy. It has to be from a manufacturer. So if you buy a bike from like Trek or Specialized, usually they're gonna use the Bosch mid drive system, whereas this is a bolt on mid drive system that puts out twelve hundred watts at peak. So cyclists usually measure their output in, in watts sure. which is really helpful for e-bikes so in europe the, the limit is 250 watts because that's what an average cyclist can put out to maintain like around 15 to 20 miles an hour okay well this kit does 750 750 watts and wow. it's 1200 at peak so with that you can kind of hit higher speeds which I think you need it here in San Antonio because there's no infrastructure, so um, or there, there's it's piecemeal anyway. So yeah, I think we kind of talked about how how I got how I got started as far as the business proper. I was just a hobby until about 2017. I actually met Chris. Chris Moken was uh, really key in helping me kind of organize the business a, a bit, and he came on board as a co-founder for a minute, or for about a year, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was a fun time. And yeah, it was. and uh, Chris found other. Uh, eggs to hatch and other projects to work on. Yeah. So we, we 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 parted ways but there was uh just continuing cheerleading each other's different endeavors. Absolutely. And Chris was very helpful on and um still looking for somebody like Chris to help really kind of um take over more of the CFO style uh business of the to help grow the business. But uh where do you work so, out of right now? Right now I work out of my garage. Okay. So you gotta start somewhere, right? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. great things. Well, start well it's over, there's no overhead yeah. <laughs> besides my rent. So.
0: Yeah, and um, how many bikes have you worked on since you, you got the um, business since I
1: Since I started the, the business, at, uh, uh, a little over a dozen bikes.
0: A little over a dozen bikes. Was there a favorite project within that? Um, I have, yeah, I
1: have one One of my favorite customers, I'll give him a shout out, uh, Michael <laughs> Yeti. Uh, he's a good customer of mine, great friend too. We 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 have a, a we have a bike that we've been we start we start one direction, then he comes back, he's like, Okay, now I wanna try something different. <laughs> so we'll buy some a different kit or a different you know, so, so it's just kinda of like a continuing project. But it was originally started as a New Belgium L fat fat bike cruiser bike. Um and I don't know if you know about Collins and the, the brewery. Yeah, New yeah. Belgium the beer company, they they put out um they put out a, a bike every Christmas that you can only get like win through like a sweepstakes or whatever. And anyway, he started off. We started off with that, and now it's morphed into this metal flake black super cruiser. Pro, well, he's calling. We're calling. He's calling it the Bronco Bronco Rodeo now. So <laughs> I think it's a great name. And uh, so yeah, that's um, one of our one of my favorite projects so far.
0: Okay, and how do your clients typically find you, and what does your typical client look like?
1: Um. Most people just find me on Google, and they find my website. Um, I get some traffic on Instagram and Facebook, but usually it's just a Google search. And uh, normally, people, normally people will either call me or email me, and that's, email's kind of the best way, cause, or text is fine too, but uh, usually if they have, it depends on what they want. You know, If they want to do a full-on build from the bottom up, then we start doing custom, a custom quote. Uh, but typically it's just kind of somebody who has a, uh, maybe like a 10-year-old mountain bike. Mountain bikes really make great conversions because they're... They
2: already have it lying around. They already around. have it lying around. They
1: already usually have just brakes. They usually have good tires. And I find in this city, the, the roads are so hit or miss on their quality that, you know, little skinny, thin tires get flats really quick. Sure. You know, so you want rugged tires. You want big, beefy tires. Um,
0: speaking of which, your bike has some serious tires. What is there a special name for this? Uh, thing? well,
1: yeah, this is a Schwabel, um, Schwabel uh, Supermoto, but these are three-inch tires, and fat bike can fat bikes can have up to five-inch tires. So some like some of the really big burly fat bikes have five-inch tires, but most mountain bikes have like the older ones will have like a twenty-six-inch wheel with a two-point one-two-five-inch. In thickness on the the tire, uh, but yeah, mountain bikes make good, good conversions. You can find them at pawn shops for a couple hundred bucks, or on Facebook, or something like that. Or mm-hmm. and then uh, the you know I I just basically give them a, a quote, but labor is the same on all. It's two hundred dollars for the professional install, or you can just order the kit from my website, install it yourself. We have some videos on our YouTube that you can see to watch and do your own install if you want. Very cool, very um, cool. But eventually, you know, we want to get to full on turnkey bikes ready to go yes you know, and we're trying to find that right bike and there's lots of different ways to do that but i think we well what i really wanted to do was make hand, hand-built frames and that's something down the road um that i'd like to do is custom-built frames too but yeah we're trying to find that sweet spot i think san antonio is such an emerging market for e-bikes that people really don't know what they're getting into so there's a couple of e-bike shops here in town um, one of my favorites is Small Planet E-Bikes, I'll give a shout out to Marty at Small Planet, that guy's awesome, you can go and check them out, they have a great line of bikes and uh, uh, Marty's Marty's good people, he's really pillar of the community. So yeah, um, you can go test out E-Bikes, uh, B-Cycles have E-Bikes now? B-Cycles are great, uh, that's
2: a great introduction I think for everybody, we get the tourists, uh, you can get the app and get it you know, monthly or buy the trip. Uh, those bikes are great.
1: Um, That's a good way to get your toes wet, you know, so.
0: But will you really provide a little more of that customer touch of being able to provide someone more of what they want with their existing bike, right? That's sort of the differentiator. Well, a lot between. of it's
1: bang for your buck, you know. So you can go and buy, you can go buy a bike off of Amazon and, you know, or it's from Flash Bikes or whoever they are. And who's going to service that bike? Who's going to replace things if they fail? um but more importantly this this goes 30 miles an hour <laughs> so there's nowhere you can't go to any bike shop and buy a bike that goes over 28 because that's actually sort kind of federal limit <laughs> but um but you know so you you have to you have to pedal really to get to that 30 so it's kind of but i do sell a bigger brother to this kit which is 1500 watts Wow, and that's okay. like we'll do like 35, but that's really more meant for like off-road or private road use. Sure, okay. Um, but my personal opinion on e-bikes is, um, are you a grown person? Do you know how to drive a car? Do you wear a helmet? Well, you should be able to drive whatever speed you think is safe for the, the, the speed limit on the road. You, sure. You know, okay. my thing with e-bikes is that I can maintain 20 miles an hour on a road bike, but I'm, not your, I'm kind of like your average cyclist, I guess. Okay. But like if I'm going to spend all that money for an e-bike, it should go faster than a regular bike. That's just my, my two cents. You Absolutely. Know? Give you but, everybody, but that's the beauty of these kits is that they're highly programmable. You can, you, can, you can put in speed limits, and they have what's called a pedal assist. So you have le- nine levels of assist, and at each level you have a higher top speed. So if you never take it out of level five, you're never going to go past 20 miles an hour sure it makes it uh, much more customizable that's right you know, you that's know, right for,
2: for each person and, and whatever their needs are or you know what particular
1: type of riding they like to do exactly um, you participate in a lot of the social rides here in town I've started to get, get, get my toes wet and and the cycling community here is, is actually very vibrant and amazing and there are so many wonderful people to me to really shout out at this moment but um, you know, one of the ones that come to mind are immediately, of course, is Jeff Moore. He rides the Tuesday, leads the Tuesday night social ride. Yes. They're one of the largest group rides in the city. It's every Tuesday night. And they have anywhere from, like, 150 to 300 people come out.
0: And how, do, how can people get involved in these social yeah, rides? Yeah, so and... best really best place
1: is just go to Facebook. And you can start looking up, like, the cycling community here in Facebook. you uh, here in San Antonio on Facebook um, uh, bike SA we 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 highlight group rides, their are great group rides. Bike World hosts a bike rides. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wild Dogs another awesome bike great club. Great organization, sure. Great organization. Lots of clubs here. Lots, Lots of, of clubs, clubs. You know, mm-hmm. another great person is uh, Walter Cox from Give Three Feet. They're awesome. Um, Talk
2: a little more about give three feet because that's a nice initiative.
1: Yeah, give three feet is a. Uh, it's actually a federal law that all cyclists are allowed three feet when passing. So if you ever come if you're driving behind a cyclist and you want to go around them, you need to give them three feet. Um,
2: you may have seen them. They've been riding around town with. Uh, pool fun noodles attached yeah, to their bikes. Yeah, I had a
1: chance to go out and, and go on that ride with Walter and, and we had a I think there was about seventy people or so, fifty people, something like that. And we tied pool noodles to the back of our bikes because the pool noodles three feet long. Walter bought I think it was like a hundred of them and spray painted Give Three Feet on it. And we all rode around the south town and downtown with these pool noodles hanging out. Yeah, no, that's just one of the many amazing people in the cycling community. And most of these most people who are in the cycling community our parents they normal people? Some of them are doctors. Some of them are all all walks of life. All walks. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Now, and and you use your bike to get around basically everywhere, and even use it to go down to, to wherever you got to go to work. Is that the same with a lot of the other bicyclists in the city, or? I think I think that we see a pretty
1: vibrant um, social community but I think that we, there's a lot of work we need to do to try to make commuting safer in San Antonio. And it's a beautiful day out there today, and you see a lot of people trying to ride their bikes, but yeah, to go to work? No, cycling for transportation is, is not really taken seriously here in San Antonio. I feel that the city's done a lot of great work to make recreational spaces, but there's a dichotomy that, that of, of recreation versus transportation. And bikes, of course, can be both. But there's infrastructure lacking to make it people feel safe to use it, use a bike as as transportation.
0: Um, and is that where Bike San Antonio comes into play? Is yeah. that sort of what the organization works for? Can you tell us a little bit about Bike San Antonio? I
1: sure can. Yeah, back, Bike San Antonio was started back in 2017 by Janelle sturgeon benz and a few other folks who um, were involved in the cycling community. They're not on the they're not involved with Bike SC anymore. Uh, but now we have board members and uh, I came on uh, a little over a year ago uh, when I met Janelle we started talking about how can we make how can we bring and galvanize all the cycling community together to have a political force mm-hmm. and when I mean political I don't mean like reendorse endorse a candidate I mean that you're a voter you're a citizen and you should care about your community and how can you get involved to make it better So when I think of politics, that's what I think of. I was very inspired by Janelle and by the organization. And so I started basically just kind of becoming, helping become like a spokesperson. Um, If ever Janelle was gonna be interviewed or maybe didn't feel comfortable being on camera that day or didn't didn't have time, I would step in and do an interview or take a phone call or answer an email or whatever. And I guess I just kind of proved that I was worth keeping around for a while. (laughs) Unfortunately, Janelle had this is to take care of back home in the Bay Area, so she moved back there. That's where she's from, and the board elected me to take over as the executive director for Bike S.A. So more importantly, whoever the, 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 the main mission of Bike S.A. is fund the Bike Master Plan. We have a Bike Master Plan that the city spent a lot of money on and took a lot of time, developed it with the cycling community. This is way before I got here. Sure. I moved out here from Austin in 2014. This bike master plan has been sitting on the shelf since 2011. And before we ever even talk about spending more federal dollars on expanding 1604, we need to finish that bike master plan. And the city needs to really get serious because I'm from Austin, right? I'm not saying it's perfect, but you can see a divergent path of two cities. San Antonio. Putting bike infrastructure on the back burner and paying lip service from non elected officials who are calling shots, even though they're not elected. Austin has made some serious efforts at putting in actual bike ways and bike highways and bike paths that can get you north, south, east, and west. So, what we're proposing is we're doing a lot of great work on making these green spaces on the trails and everything. Yes. And now, you need to have bike ways that get you into the universities and into the interior parks. Because if you, if you bring up a Google Maps with a bike network, and you bring up, you, you can find that bike master plan on sanantonio.gov. I can send you that link if you like. Sure. But everybody can look at it. You can overlap those two maps and you can see there's a lot of work left to be done. And also, you know, San Antonio is a huge city. It's like 500 square miles. You know, you can fit like three Portlands in the size of San Antonio. Maybe even four, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a big city. So there's so many roads to maintain so many neighborhoods to maintain, and where does, at the end of the day, how do you pay for it, where does the funding come from? Well, it comes from bond packages, usually. It's usually a mixture of of about half and half money raised from the citizens inside the city, met with some federal dollars and from TxDOT. But if we took, you know, what we're we're saying is that when we were ripping up our sidewalks, and repairing our sidewalks, and fixing bus stops and things like that, that's the time to put it in a bike lane especially on high-speed corridors like Broadway. You know, we focused a lot on Broadway this past year, and mainly because there was a bond package that was raised that was not being honored by the city. And we had property developers and non-elected officials putting 15 feet sidewalks and Uber drop-offs and on-street parking, which none of those things were in the bond language. What was in the bond language was bike amenities. And that's how that package, bond package, was sold to the whole city. It wasn't just people who lived in Alma Heights or in the 09, or District 1, rather, who voted for that it was the whole city at large. So that's taxpayer dollars from the whole city that we felt was being misappropriated. So we were able to cement a protected bike lane from Incarnate Word down to Josephine. We were trying to get it through all the way through the Pearl to Pecan. We fought a lot of resistance. From that, and basically, the compromise was we'll improve Avenue B. So six million dollars was raised by by the tourist board here in the city. That wasn't on the table to begin with. So now what we're pushing for is before we add fancy bike lanes to to lower to the lower portion of their bike Avenue B that doesn't need it because cars aren't even on it and they're going slow. Sure. We need to improve the existing part Avenue B first, make it much better, put way markers, lighting. I don't know if you guys have been on Josephine right now, but it's completely ripped up because they mm-hmm. redirecting infrastructure. I think it's a gas or- it's absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, so our position on this is that we need to fix Avenue B first, make Avenue B extremely user-friendly then if they want to start adding things towards where the this new district that they're going to put in, you know, with bars and coffee shops and restaurants, you know, then yeah, you want to make that nice They'll go and spend it there too, but finish, finish make avenue be better because you're going to absolutely 100%, 100% need it because Broadway will be get red up to any next.
2: incentives for the builders or anything to uh, kind of help chip in on these projects um, that snake through these areas and, and you know if, if these corridors are adjacent kind of directives to help make this a safer space
1: well yeah the um the property developers play a big role in this, you know, and one one of the big things is building all the way up to an easement you know is that they then that doesn't allow enough room for a sidewalk because they're building all the way up to the easement, so but yes, at the end of the day, we need to bring everybody to the table and not be adversaries, you know that was not what we wanted to get across that we were you know, bike people against car people, against scooter people or whatever. Like we all need to work together and we create a complete street that meets vision zero, everybody's safer. And and the cyclist actually should be the barometer on a corridor because if you make it, this infrastructure is safer for a cyclist, it by default makes it safer for, for pedestrians because now there's another buffer between the cars and the sidewalk.
2: Where have we seen some of these uh Positive examples, models that we can
1: follow. Um, you mean in San Antonio or just in well, general? Or about, you know, it can be in another city, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, San Francisco just closed down one of their biggest f- thoroughfares. I think it's called Market, or I'm drawing a blank, but it's one of their biggest tourist areas, and they just completely closed it down now to public prep cars. That's great. Um, uh, San Antonio, they opened up a new bike lane in the medical, medical district area on yes. Flood Curl Drive. Uh, which is pretty, pretty nice but you know our, what we're advocating for is that if when they if you're putting a protected bike lane you gotta be very careful about how you treat bus stops because that, what other cities do is that they when they design the bus stop and the bike lane and the sidewalk they all have to work in harmony the, the, the cyclists when they get to a bus stop they have to the the bike lane has to be diverted up to the to the sidewalk level yes but they have to yield to the pedestrians and go around the bus stop okay Sometimes the the amount of space needed for that is is not adequate. But our biggest fear is that if we don't do that, then they're going to have a bus stop and a bike lane, and the cyclist has to somehow squeeze between the bus and the bus stop. It yeah, makes absolutely no sense. happened. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's very dangerous for the people dangerous. trying to get off and on the bus, and it's obviously very dangerous for the cyclist. Yes. But you know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm not. I'm not a traffic engineer, but I know. I know that you can. If if they can make bike infrastructure work in Amsterdam, which is, you know, 1,000, years, you know, 1,000 years older than, it's a much older city in San Antonio, right? Absolutely. Talk, talk about
2: some of the partners, because you mentioned uh, Vision Zero, and so there are clearly a lot of people that are working together on this bike infrastructure and trying to make the streets safer. How do you speed up that conversation and, and get people to talk, you know, at the table together?
1: Yes. Well, we, we've been trying to work with city council and the mayor's office. We were fortunate enough to host a bike ride down Broadway. This past uh, October, October 27th, we had the mayor and two city council women come out. We had Ana Sandoval and Shirley Gonzalez. Shirley Gonzalez has been very vocal. She actually helped bring and adopt the Vision Zero program for San Antonio. Um, a few, uh, I think believe it was in 20, 2015, I believe it was. And Vision Zero, for folks who don't know, is essentially we need to have zero traffic fatalities. Pedestrians, cyclists, cars, and a lot of that is, is is the way you design the street. If you make a huge open boulevard with three lanes, people feel like they're on a the highway. They're going to go well over speed limit. Sure. You put trees and you take take one lane travel away and put in a protected bike lane or a dedicated bus lane. People realize, oh, I'm in a corridor that's in the middle of the city. Maybe this isn't a highway anymore. How important do you think art is to all of this? Um, art. Art is, art is all around you at all any given moment. You just have to wake up and realize that life is art, yeah. you know? Um, I, if you're talking about public art and public spaces, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, that enriches. I just think of you coming as a sculptor into <laughs> mm-hmm. this. And uh, and naturally, I mean, we're all
2: constantly thinking of, you know, the best, most tree-lined streets. And, yeah. you know, we want to have uh, spaces that feel wonderful as well as uh, that are safe and
1: sustainable, too. And uh, yeah, I mean, green spaces, you know, even just, you know, one of the things that we're pushing for is on Market Street, Texas Capital Improvements, is looking at putting a bike lane on market. And we're pushing for, obviously, some sort of protection. And we feel like there's a compromise between putting up a lip of concrete and just a painted line. So we felt like the, 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 the compromise there is putting up planters. And if it's a concrete planter, it is a barrier. But if you space them, you know, a foot and a half or two feet apart, cyclists can still get out of it. Yes. You know, but then it gives you a chance to put up, you know, some flowers or some vegetation, definitely. which definitely beautifies the curve appeal for the streets right, and right. the economic. So you know, creating. that's one of the things we're also pushing for. Roosevelt. Roosevelt's getting a big re- redesign right now too, and that's, um, you know, what we've been hearing is, is, from some little birds is we, <laughs> from the little birds. Um, we don't want what's happened on Broadway to happen on Roosevelt. Let's get our stuff together. Let's make sure that signs are coherent. So we're, we're pushing for, you know, obviously bike lanes, but we're pushing for planters on Roosevelt to add to the beautification. You can use local flowers. You know, some people said cactus. And I'm like, I don't know about mm-hmm. cactuses, but, you know, I mean, something something that, that's got some flop, some flowers to it, of course. Sure. Shrubs, whatever. Um, but as long as it's not something that's going to be uh, o- um, overgrown. You know that's going to need a lot of maintenance and trimming and stuff like that. So succulents are great for that.
0: And how can people get involved with Bike San Antonio? And get involved yeah. on this advocacy advocacy side. I mean, what kind of help do you need to, you know, well, push things forward?
1: Well, unfortunately, we're we're fortunately however you look at it, we we need to start fundraising. Currently, or I'm volunteering my time with Bike SA. It would be nice to get, be paid, but if not, if it's not me, then hiring some another executive director. Uh, so yeah, we need to start fundraising. We need to start try to really drive up our membership. So one of the things we're hoping to launch here um, soon is a Bike Master program, where if you um, do a monthly uh, contribution, we're, we're looking at what you know a around five to ten dollars a month or something like that. Uh, you get a free T-shirt in the mail, and then you become a Bike Master, and we're hopefully trying to secure some discounts from different bike. Um, bike shops in the city, so you can get a ten percent discount for a and cup there. of
2: coffee. That's excellent.
1: Yeah, a cup of coffee or you know a bike part or bike whatever they want to offer you know as their promotion. But that's a way for them to help support um, a local nonprofit here centered around bike safety.
0: Okay, so you are a nonprofit. Are you a five hundred one C four because you spend more time on the advocacy side?
1: Uh, we're five hundred one C three. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And you mentioned memberships. Is that something someone just goes online and they we, sign up yeah, for membership? Yeah. Well, we have our
1: website, but like I said, needs to be. We need some work on our website. But yes, we have a membership program available on our website, but we're trying to revamp it so that you actually like get something. Yeah. Because right now it's just like you're getting a sticker and a little business card, like a little card that says you're a bike member. But we want some a little, a little more special in that. So we're looking at branding water bottles or um T-shirts and bumper stickers, things like that, so that you can maybe have different tiers. Sure. Say absolutely. I'm doing a you know do a ten dollar month, monthly donation, and you get a T-shirt or something. So
0: and someone wants to be more involved and you know be like on the board or serve in something. Right. Capacity. So we, are you looking for individuals to do that as well? Well, I
1: mean, yeah, we are looking for people to be bike reps in their boating district, because you know I only kind of bike in about three of the districts here in the city, and there's people who live up north in district nine or ten. What would that entail for them? To be vocal and send us emails and say or communicate through us on Facebook saying, "Hey, have you guys ridden over this area that really needs a protected bike lane?" you know, because we have our bike master plan, but having input from people who actually are riding can also be very valuable too. Yes. And then they can also what people folks can do is that they can uh, email their represent their excuse me their um, city council members and saying, "We want bike infrastructure in our in our city. You know, we want bike infrastructure in our voting district." Where, where, where are you on this, you know, and I mean, phone calls and emails, they have to actually listen to them and read them, you know, and so if you're, you know, in, and, and if you're in what, District 10 and you're getting 100 emails every month saying, hey, I want a bike lane on such and such street, you know, on, you know, other things that like we're, we're dreaming really, really big here, we want to see, I want to see a bike way or a bike highway that takes you from Brackenbridge Park all the way to McAllister. And biking and or walking anywhere around the airport is just an absolute death trap. You know, one time I tried to get north to west avenue from south of 410, and Google Maps sent me on 281, because it thought there was a sidewalk there, and the sidewalk disappeared and it actually put me onto an on-ramp, you know? So, so, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to do, and I think a lot of times people get pushback from folks who haven't... Well, maybe their butt hasn't sat in a saddle in 30, 40 years, okay. and they said, well, I biked around when I was a kid, and it was very safe. I'm like, yeah, well, that was in the 80s, man, when there was, like, half the cars on the road. So what I'm trying to say without being computational is that those folks need to put themselves in other people's shoes. Like, should, should you want your kid to be able to ride their bike safely to school?
2: 100%, 100%. Right? Why do kids
1: have diabetes? no exercise and bad diet, you know. So cycling does so much for your quality of life and so much, it does so much for the environment obviously. It's less carbon and carbon, it's almost carbon neutral, you know. It depends. And I actually have gotten into arguments with other Spandex wearing cyclists like you. You ride e bike. You're cheating. You know. I'm like, well, maybe, but where'd you get your fuel, man? Like, how'd sure. you get your carbs? Sure. How'd you get your calories? Did it come from your own backyard, or did it come from a big box store where they the fuel for the trucks had? You know what I'm saying? So I'm think of these things as happy to have those
2: spandex riding cyclists. Yes, yeah, so of the... course, of course. But <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: I've kind I've seen the e bike thing just come kind of really start to really mature. And people like when I moved here in 2014, Bike World didn't even sell e bikes. You know, now they sell some obviously some of the best ones in the city. Yeah. I
2: think having the opportunity to jump on these the jumps and the, the well, jump is the, not here then anymore, then unfortunately. And the, the B-cycles. Yeah. yeah, sure, they're gone, but, yeah. but 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 you can go to other
1: cities and ride them for anyone yeah.
2: that has had the opportunity to be on these e assist bikes. Uh, they're
1: just pleasurable to ride, it's a game changer, they, yeah. It, it just it really can turn bikes into transportation, yes. You know, and you have the you have the record, and that's another thing, too. I hear all the time from folks who've never even ridden an e-bike say, well, I like the exercise. I'm like, no you don't. Because if you did, you'd be riding your bike to work right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you take your bike on a trail once a month and okay, that's your exercise. I'm, you know, people who ride e-bikes actually ride their bikes twice as much as normal bikes because it's, the, when you want the exercise, it's there. But when you're tired, and you're old like I am. You have the, the <laughs> assist to help you, you know. So we could all use a little assist sometimes. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
0: Well, and especially in the summertime in San Antonio, which would be another complaint of why someone wouldn't want to right. use a bicycle to get to work. That's a great Because you are all sweaty. Yeah. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. It's helped me not um, – I can actually riot, wear a suit and get to, get to where I'm going and not be drenched in sweat. So, yeah. That's a good point, Chris.
0: Yeah, and I I know you had, you touched on um, safety earlier. I mean, I, I know we've had some prominent accidents and even yes. deaths recently. I mean, and yes. so that's one of the main reasons that Bike San Antonio is fighting for these changes, right? Or can you talk a little bit about these accidents and deaths and how these um, rates compare to maybe the past?
1: Yeah, so San Antonio was rated 16th deadliest city for cyclists out of a list of over 450 cities. Um,
0: not a good list to be on.
1: Yeah, not a good list to be on. And you know, last year, last April, uh, there was a, a a tragedy in the cycling community. We lost Tito Bradshaw, who was a pillar in the community. You know, I had a chance to talk, to meet him a couple of times at his shop, um, Bottom Bracket Bike Shop on South uh, South Alamo. But just everybody who knew him. Seemed like he was uh, just touched touched their lives, and he he. He ran a shop that was 100% needed in the city, which is a shop for people who don't want to spend, you know, don't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. and they need to get a bike on the road. You know, hey, I'll sell you a, sell you a wheel set, 100 bucks in a crank. You know, so that I mean, I have friends who personally were able to get on the road because they the, of that shop. So um, yeah, Tito Tito's passing really hit me hard, not because. I knew him uh, well, uh, just I could really sympathize and empathize with what happened because I'm a cyclist and I'm also a father and he has a six-year-old boy. And I think that's, you know, when we're, when we're behind the wheels of our cars, we dehumanize each other and we, we shout things out at people that we've never seen to their face, complete strangers. And what we're asking for folks to do is to realize that people on bikes are people and they're not a car. You know, they're an, act, they're an actual living, breathing person. And maybe you can wait a couple of seconds and get, get use your blinker gale around them.
2: 100%. You know,
1: but if the infrastructure's there, then it's not a problem. And that's what I think a lot of folks who are car folks who don't ride bikes don't understand that. What if the infrastructure is say. there, it makes it safer for everybody, you know, and then they're not inconvenienced by somebody going 12 miles an hour, you know, so, you know. Know, get, nice get, quarters, getting yeah. on
2: the bikes and getting more people on the bikes too because it comes from riding but yeah. from riding having those feelings and that experience of really just slowing down a bit and enjoying life and enjoying you know the beautiful day or uh, the scenery around you I think being on that end obviously you feel it yeah. so you, you gain an appreciation right. for it yeah. and uh, you're more mindful of other cyclists or micro-mobility scooter types on the road yes. Yes. and uh, that's maybe one of the things we appreciate more about I think Bike SA is that you are engaging with the community at these types of events, and uh, you mentioned Tito, and, and that is uh, we love Tito, and he was absolutely a pillar, and, and did some great things, and and like you mentioned, Frank and Bike, and these types of things. Yeah, Frank and bike's awesome. Bringing mm-hmm. people together and, yep. and create community around cycling is uh, is much appreciated, much needed. And I hope more people are able to find you and and you can grow the numbers of bike ambassadors uh, further and beyond in in new neighborhoods and stuff. So that way all these segments of the city
1: are communicating together. You went to D.C. recently? Yeah, I've um, been to D.C. uh, three times now. I have got involved with an organization called Citizens Climate Lobby. And they're a national organization, uh, nonpartisan. But their goal is to tackle climate change and their their particular approach um, was what's called a carbon fee and dividend and essentially this model already exists in Alaska um, so they tax the carbon producers and pass that on to sit to taxpayers as a dividend um, and it's proportional towards your your wealth so usually wealthier people have a larger carbon footprint because they, they have more cars, they have bigger houses they fly a lot more, all those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the idea was that it was a sliding scale. And if you are on lower, port, lower end of that scale, economically, you would see more of the dividend. But, yeah, so it was an opportunity for me to go and lobby. I went originally to lobby my my congressman, Mr. Castro, Martin Castro. And uh, lobbied their office three times now on just some other Representatives and senators, and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're in Washington. Great place for bikes, by the way. They've got a lot of bike parking everywhere. They've got bike lanes. they have bike lanes actually are in the middle of the street, actually, in some places, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I see. I mean, it was really cool. You see parents like biking their kids around on a cargo bike. You know, and it's like yeah, we should have that here. We should, we should have in Tokyo. that. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, you're when you're on the hill and you're in these the Rayburn and the you know all these different. Congressional offices talking to their aides and whatnot you just realize these are people, you know, and I think a lot of times we maybe demonize these people as insensitive or whatever sort of names you can think of calling people, some of the politicians, and yeah, maybe in a lot of ways, yeah, they're right, but the, the, the people that you're talking and dealing with are their aides, and most of these people are just normal people and they're just trying to uh, do what they think is best for their 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 county or their constituents and uh, who have been some helpful aids or
2: people or organizations to help you kind of spread this message here locally and
1: uh... well that's a good that's a good plug-in I guess there um, is a citizens climate lobby chapter here in San Antonio and they have um, monthly meetings Um, I can leave that contact info with you if you like um, I, you know, I'm maybe. I guess when I went there, I realized I'm more of a revolutionary than some of these folks are, and I want to. I'd like to see these fossil fuels completely phased out in ten years, in the way we use them today. We should be using what we have left to, to transition to a green economy, and you know, without getting too political, I think a Green New Deal could help that. So.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh, locally, you did also recently have a ride, in, with the mayor, came out. Yeah, that Westmore, yes sir, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the mayor it was kind of surprised, we didn't know if he was going to actually be able to make it not. but he didn't make it out to the to the ride on Broadway, and we're planning our next ride, we're looking at maybe Roosevelt or Fredericksburg, I mean Frederick, I'm um, sorry, um, maybe St. Mary's, we're looking at another ride essentially that we want to try to get more of the city council out, and the mayor again, of course, and uh, maybe Maybe a bike parade during fiesta, we're trying to plan it all right now. So it'd be I think it'd be wonderful to have over a hundred bikes out during fiesta, get everybody to put crazy stuff on their bike or wear a crazy costume. Obviously the battle of flowers is all about flowers. So you know, that's something that we're trying to plan right now and trying to see what kind of permission we need to get from the city to allow this to happen. But yeah, it could be a contest maybe, you know. Best best in show gets uh, hundred dollar gift card to bike roll or something like that. So we're trying to figure that out right now. But sounds like a cool. wonderful idea.
2: It's exciting. And, and yeah. And you know
1: Cyclovia's coming up too. We got Cyclovia. If you guys have never if no, if you nobody's ever done if you haven't done Cyclovia, it happens twice a year. There's one in in um, in a March and the one in the fall that kind of kinda moves around. But the one in the spring that's coming up, that's actually down by Mission Conception. And it goes up and down Roosevelt. And they shut down the road for four to five hours. Four to five hours, and it's only um, only car, only bikes. You know, but you see people like walking dogs, on rollers, Roller skates. and all kinds. You see of one things. wheels. You see e-bikes. You one see, nails, yes. you know, uh, just families jogging up and down the. You know, you see all kinds of great people, and really, that's kind of our take home is that when we put in our when we put in our bike infrastructure and make protected bike lanes, uh, uh, Cyclovia become, becomes a reality every day. Every yes. day can be Cyclovia you see thousands of people come out through ciclovia and they love it they, they wish they could it. do it every day but they can't
2: they sure do you know so it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful. To put it. yeah and it's a beautiful day those ciclovias so so it'd just be nice to have that every day absolutely yes sir so um, yeah we, uh, I mean thank you Brian we definitely thank you for being here and, yes. and sharing your time and talking about some of these things and uh, we're excited to see more of Bike SA throughout the year
1: and and we'll keep following you yeah, so just real quick promo everybody, please be safe out there when you're riding. Uh, make sure you have lights on your bike at night. Make sure you're wearing bright visible clothing, bright yellow, bike green, or anything with a reflective strips on your clothing. Wear a helmet of course, always wear a helmet, and just be predictable. Don't make crazy left hand turns out of nowhere, you know, be aware of your surroundings. Maybe it's not the best idea to wear earbuds in both your ears, you know? You, you know. I use a little speaker if I want to hear music, you know. And, yeah, so you can find us on, we're very active on Facebook for Bikes San Antonio. And, you know, please drop us a line if you have, if you want to get involved. And thank you so much for having me, guys.
0: Absolutely. And then also uh, Bronco oh, yes. Bikes, how can they learn more about
1: it? Yeah, Bronco Bikes. It's broncobikes.com, Bronco with a K. We also have an Instagram and Facebook page as well. Um, and a YouTube channel. And you can contact... Uh, all, the, all of our contact info is on, on our uh, website, but uh, you can always reach me at bryanm.broncobikes.com. That's Brian with a Y. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome.